When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Treatment Room with Tess and Lauren, the podcast by estheticians for estheticians and those who seek to learn about their own skin from a professional's perspective. We're diving into our whys as licensed skincare therapists, sharing in our career journeys and separating the gimmicks from the real heroes in skincare. Welcome to The Treatment Room. Hey Treatment Roomies, welcome back to the show with Tess and Lauren. Today you are just getting us to, we're taking it back to basics and we are going to be answering some of your questions relating to skincare and the aesthetics industry. If you guys have questions for future shows, you can always send us a little DM, but we will just go ahead and dive into these questions. Yay, perfect. So first question is says microneedling at home with a doctor pen dot 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 yes or a no no well I don't know what a doctor pen is I've never (laughs) I've never heard of that have you heard of that before Tess I haven't heard of that brand yeah um and I think I think it depends on a lot of things when you're doing any type of needling at home so first of all the quality if you're first of all first of all are you using a roller or are you using like a legit microneedling pen that you found on some sketch website (laughs) because um, that's a hard no. And I think that's a hard Hard no from pretty much any esthetician. I I saw somebody advertising one of those recently that was, I mean, it was literally a microneedling pen. And yeah, it's scary. Yeah. That really breaks our heart to see professionals recommending non-professional tools to consumers Mm-hmm. I feel like it just, it really undermines the industry and it's really of all services, something like microneedling is something I think you should really leave to the professionals and mm-hmm. mind you, Lauren and I are not nurses, which in right. many States you need to be a nurse to use a microneedling pen on clients that said, there again, there are at-home devices, but my, I think our best recommendation here, without you know getting too medical, is that buy from a legitimate medical spa. Mm-hmm. Don't buy things from Amazon or things from Instagram. And when it comes to actual like devices, I feel like that's even more risky than something that's a handheld roller. Mm -hmm. But I think just our overall advice when people tend to ask about at-home devices is it's better left to the professionals just because it can really complicate things and make things worse for the skin. And I think the average person just doesn't have an understanding of the skin and, you know, the potential dangers that could ensue. And I think there are 
special use cases. I think, you know, there are some brands like New Face or Light Stim that are, you know, more professional brands that that can have an effect on the skin and have been medically proved to have an effect on the skin and they can be beneficial in terms of of maintenance but yeah well and then like light stem and new face they're not selling devices that can cause a lot of harm do you know what i mean like like and there's a reason you guys that certain devices are for medical use only. And there's a reason you don't see things like a microneedling pen from Neutrogena or, you know, any of these mass, Mm. you know, retailers, because I feel like if it was safe to do at home, you know, Neutrogena would be all over it. There would be a million different, like legit brands. So, and I don't mean to say anything against Dr. Pen because I truly, I don't know who that is or like what, what that is. I just don't think that using a microneedling device at home is is safe because there's so much that goes into it as far as like who's a proper candidate for it like there's a lot that you need to know as far as contraindications you know if you have active acne if you have rosacea if you have sensitive skin how long are the needles how deep is the penetration how fast is it going like you know there's like so much that needs to be known about it before you can decide whether or not you are a you know, a good candidate to, to have that procedure. And then also just doing it on yourself. Like what's stopping somebody from making six passes over one area and like literally scarring themselves. So perfectly said Lauren. Yeah. And you know, when you said, you know, you mentioned Neutrogena and other brands, I did think of that, that light mask that they sometimes advertise for acne, Mm -hmm. but I just want to say on that note, I think it's a good idea to be more skeptical in terms of devices and skincare in general than willing to try something. I think err on the side of caution and just know with things like lights, LED lights, mm-hmm. that's the category I wanted to bring up because I know LED is really popular right now, but there's such a difference in the effect of the the wattage can have right. on this. It has to be, you know, a surf, a certain wavelength for it to have a proven effect on the skin. So when it comes to LED, I would also really refer to the professional brands, Saluma, Light Stim, you know, brands mm-hmm. you get skincare shows that estheticians offer in their treatment rooms rather than, um, you know, more over-the-counter type of brands. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Perfectly said. Okay. The next question we have is, is it hard to work full-time while going to SD school? Is there a lot of homework? Okay. So I'll, I'll give you my opinion on that. And then Lauren, I'll let you chime in. But okay. I was fle- I was lucky enough to have a flexible job where I was working for my family business while I was going to esthetician school. So I would work from about nine to three thirty, And then I would go to esthetician school in the evenings, four days a week. And I think having that ability to stay home made it a lot easier than it is for a lot of people. And I know a lot of my classmates were, were nurses, were, you know, working corporate jobs. And, you know, some of them worked for, you know, companies like walmart.com or a lot of the bigger tech companies in san francisco which 
they have a, a really good reputation for letting people get off, you know, when they need to, to pursue other things. So if you can find a job that is flexible and understanding, I think it, I think it can be okay if you can handle, you know, that much of a workload. I think, you know, it is a little bit physically taxing to be in a classroom for five hours. So they're definitely long days. Like I look back on that nine, 10 months of esthetician school as kind of, it was a little bit rough. Like it wasn't easy, but you make it through and it was okay. So, mm-hmm. so I think I had it easier than most people. So I don't want to speak for everyone, but I, it's definitely possible. And in terms of the homework, I will say it was little to none. Most of it we got done in school, thankfully, because it would have been near impossible to go home. And I did have a pretty long commute to go home and then work on school. So thankfully I didn't have any homework and it was an okay situation. What about you, Lauren? Yeah. So I was trying to think, I mean, it's been so long. Um, When I went to school, it was, it was full on and it was from 8 a.m., I think like 4.30 or 5 and we got like a 30 minute lunch break. Um, and But mine only took me four months, I think, to get all my 600 hours because we were there like all, all, all day. So I know that there's classes like, Tess, was yours technically considered like a part-time or like, do you know what I mean? Like, was it reduced hours per day? Because it sounds like you went for longer, like more months. It was considered full-time school hmm. being, okay. yeah, four days a week, five, five and a half hours a day, okay. I think. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I'm sure obviously things have changed a lot since I went to school. So for me, um, I had, I was going to school and then I was working afterwards and it was a super flexible job that I had. And, um, it ended up being too much. So I stopped working. Mm. However, I was at home, um, li- like living with my parents. I had, I was what, 18, I think at the time, 19. Um, so I was super young, still living at home. I had no bills. I did not have a car payment. I didn't have a kid. I didn't have, mm-hmm. you know, any of that Great stuff. Points. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that kind of, and as far as homework goes, I don't, I don't think we really had any either. So I think just as you said, Tess, I think it's really dependent on your current life situation. So do you have to have a job in order to, to get by, or do you have that luxury of like living at home or having a partner that can support, support you while you're in school? Mm. Because there could be a scenario where you get in school, you, you have the time, you think you have the time to go to school, go to work at the same time. But if it does become too much, will you be able to, um, to quit your job and still be okay? Um, mm-hmm. I think factor that in just cause you, I mean, you, you can never really guarantee. And then also just factor in like kids and, and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's more so just the hours of the day, not necessarily how much work on top of that there will be. Cause there wasn't that many, that, totally. that many homework assignments. Yeah. yeah. I think it was just the long hours being, you know, at a school until 1030 at night. And then I would get home at, you know, around 11. So mm-hmm. it was just the long hours that made it tiring. But I, I, I just end cap, I will say it's manageable. Probably 90% of my class had other jobs. So obviously depends on your situation. 
but I think it's definitely feasible. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And try to find a school that where the hours work for you because not all schools have the same hours. I know there's some schools that do like morning session and then evening session um, being two separate classes. So just kind of, you know, find find one that will work with your hours, like what you have available. So totally. Okay. So next question, how do you feel about drugstore recommended brands like Cetaphil, CeraVe, and Vanicream? Tess and I kind of have <laughs> Tess and I kind of have different opinions on this. Yes, um, which is okay. Which, yeah, you guys, that's okay. You can you don't have to agree with everything that every esthetician says. Like everybody's got separate opinions. In uh, fact, yeah, every esthetician will have their own philosophy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Lauren, yeah. what's your what's your take? So I have I have two opinions. I think kind of blanket opinions. Okay. First of all, (laughs) first of all, um, I am, Tess and I talk about this all the time. I am very much in favor of as natural. And again, these words are not regulated, but you get the idea as natural, clean skincare as possible. And drugstore brands for the most part are not anywhere near that or anywhere near what I would consider my standard to be. So in that sense, I don't like them. However, in the sense of how they affect your skin, I think it's super, super, super hit and miss. And I do think that you can find skincare that is inexpensive and is okay. I mean, it's, I don't think you're going to find anything super cheap that's going to be life-changing for your skin. But I do think certain things such as like cleansers or like a basic moisturizer, as long as they don't have ingredients that are quote unquote bad, then I think they're okay. Again, they're not going to change your skin like drastically. It's not going to be a holy grail product from CVS, but I think there are certain things that you can find at the drugstore that, um, that are okay if you are tight on a budget. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Tess? Everybody's so entitled to their opinion. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think I just want to hit on kind of what you said, Lauren, about a drugstore product not being proven to have an effect on the skin. And for me as a professional, that's what it comes down to. I'm there to deliver results. So could I say, sure, you could, you could pick up this product and, you know, it'll be okay for you. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm there to, you know, recommend something that will have an effect on the skin. And when it comes to product, professional grade products are, they have to be proven to produce a change on the skin. They're backed by clinical trials research. And I think what's really important about professional products that you would buy from an esthetician is they tend to be pH balanced. So it really all comes down to the barrier and preserving that pH, keeping things balanced. It comes down to quality of ingredients, the way things are formulated, the delivery systems. And I think you, I mean, you just, you get what you pay for when it comes to to skincare. That said, of course, there's a a demographic that can't afford to be purchasing X, Y, and Z, but I try to stand my ground and say, you know, as a professional, I can't recommend drugstore product Mm -hmm. because I I just don't believe in it. And I, I, working with clients, I, 
I've never come across somebody with a with a drugstore routine who I can say has really great strong skin. It just hasn't happened in my experience. And you know, there's the rare person who has pretty flawless, perfect skin and Genetics. things are things are okay for them. Yeah. But it's just not something I'm going to recommend. Mm-hmm. And that's just my philosophy. Mm-hmm. And I, I will agree with that. You won't ever find a CeraVe or a Neutrogena on any consult that I do for anybody. I just think that if they're, you know, say somebody comes to me for a consult and they're like, here's what I'm using and here's my goals. Generally, I'll say, you know, you can stick with this and this. It's fine if this is, you know, I just would rather have them, if they have to pick and choose on what they want to spend their money on, I would say spend your money on a retinol, a vitamin C, um, a sunscreen, something that's really going to affect the skin. And if you have to splurge, because of course I I agree with Tess, best case scenario is that you have um, high quality skincare throughout your entire routine. But if you do have to conserve, there are certain things I would say you can, you can kind of cut down on. And I'll just chime in there because I know you mentioned retinol, Lauren, and I think that's one category I think you can actually get away with getting a really high quality retinol from a dermatologist. Just the thing there is ensuring it's a lower prescription. You always want to want to ease into it with things like Retin-A, but I think... Mm-hmm that's something you could have prescribed that that wouldn't cost you an arm and a leg. But, and I will just say, people have to get their skincare somewhere. And I think in mm-hmm. estheticians, I think it's it goes back to that, that fear mindset. If they start to get in the mindset, this person, you know, they can't afford it. So I shouldn't I shouldn't recommend something of higher quality. I should, you know, shift my philosophy to try to meet their budget. If that right. that makes sense. When when it comes down to it, you, you don't drugstore products. I don't think they're that cheap anymore. They're you not know? that cheap anymore. It's like it's, it's like twenty plus dollars for certain things. Right. So I say spend, save, spend the extra ten dollars. Mm-hmm. Look, sell things on on Poshmark, and I I know this is not applicable to everyone. I understand money can be tight, especially right now. This is a crazy time. But if you can, I'd say, like, you know, look around in your house. Like, Mm -hmm. do what you can. Make some extra cash. Save that 10 bucks for a moisturizer that's going to take you farther. The thing with professional-grade product is it's concentrated, so you don't need a lot of it. So I think long-term, it it can last you twice as long. It's going to be better for the skin. Mm-hmm. And I've just run in circles with clients who, you know, have tried everything on the shelves and at Sephora, and they end up spending more money on things that don't work. Right. So I say simplify the routine, have a few core products. You don't need a 15-step skincare system. Yeah. That's, that's actually what I was going to say is consider simplifying your routine and, and getting high quality for everything, but just less product. Cause I think you're right. That's going to do, that's going to do you way better, um, in the long run. And I get it. Like when my boyfriend is looking for skincare products, he doesn't want to spend, you know, whatever on spa quality skincare. So I, I will go through product labels at the drugstore with him and 
we'll find like the best option available, but yeah. over time, like I don't see improvement with his skin and mm-hmm. it's because, you know, he's consistently using products that, you know, can affect change and are a little bit harsh, even though they're the best options available. And you can find quote unquote clean brands at the drugstore these days, mm-hmm. but clean doesn't you know, always mean it's going to be effective on the skin. It just means, you know, it's free of certain ingredients that are deemed, you know, bad for the skin. But that's just my opinion. I could go on for days. I'm sorry we took so long on this topic, but it's something that I think estheticians will encounter so much. So I think if you can get comfortable saying like, you know, figuring out your philosophy and sticking to your ground Mm -hmm. I think that's something to get comfortable with early on. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okie doke. (laughs) Moving on. Let's see. Okay. Next question is, how do you feel about the makeup eraser as a first cleanse? So I think that can be totally fine. I think it depends on if you're wearing heavy makeup, if you put on sunscreen. For somebody who's trying to avoid washing their face too much, I think that's a great option. And that's one of the reasons I really like the makeup eraser. So I think that could definitely be okay. Yeah, I don't really honestly have an opinion on this because I've never used a makeup (laughs) eraser. Oh man. (laughs) So I know, I know, I gotta get one and try. Um, but yeah, I mean, it sounds great. Yeah. I think, I think it's a really, um, good tool to have in your toolbox. I saw somebody actually commented on a video recently of mine commenting on how the fibers were not sustainable, something like that, or they have, I don't know. So I'll have to look into that more. I'd never heard that, but. Okay. That's interesting. It probably is something. (laughs) Yeah. It's probably, um, they probably don't degrade um, like an environment, environmental pollutant is what I would assume. Like when they, when you throw them away and they break apart, they probably last a super long time in the environment. Oh, which is okay. I was thinking they meant like fibers were coming off when you rinsed it. Oh uh, no, but what you're saying makes more sense. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to look I into that either. I don't know either. I'm sorry for <laughs> not knowing that one, but no, it's okay. okay. I tried digging on the internet and it was the only thing I found was like a little Reddit thread. So it seems like a small hmm. piece of info. But... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, next question is um, vitamin C serum for very sensitive skin question mark. Is it necessary? Um, that's a good question. Well, I think my first question for this person would be, why is your skin so sensitive? Like, is it, is this how your skin has always been? Like, is this your, your skin type or is your skin being sensitized by something else that you're using? Um, I think it also really depends on the vitamin C serum that you're choosing to use because I have found, I've used some vitamin C serums that like really didn't work for my skin. The alcohol content was too high, dried me out. And then I have other vitamin C serums that are like amazing. Cause I do tend to have slightly sensitive skin, a little reactive. Um, and I think, so I think it's important to find, to kind of try out different vitamin C serums and also pay attention to the pH of the vitamin C serum, because 
L-ascorbic acid um, by nature is super um, acidic, obviously L-ascorbic acid. Um, so you want to make sure that there, that it's a good formula of a product that you're getting, because if they're not balancing that pH, it can be really irritating to the skin. Um, as far as if it's necessary, I mean, there's, I mean, there's argument if any skincare is really necessary, but I think that it's definitely a product to try to incorporate if you think you can, because it's so beneficial to the skin long-term. Yes. So beneficial. And I, I think something important to know is I think a lot of people don't know there's different types of vitamin C mm-hmm. and they have discovered magnesium ascorbyl phosphate, which is, I think is a great alternative for more sensitive rosacea prone, breakout prone people, especially those who have never used a vitamin C. And if you put on a vitamin C and it burns, typically that's not a a great sign. Mm -hmm. But the magnesium ascorbyl phosphate is a non-acidic form of vitamin C. And it's really more stable and easily absorbed by the skin. So that's a great ingredient to look for if you're a little bit more sensitive. Mm -hmm. L-ascorbic acid is incredible if you have a strong sturdy skin you've used vitamin c before and you can handle it but i think it's just kind of important to to maybe look for a different vitamin c if you've been experiencing issues like a lot of breakouts or feeling kind of burny from your vitamin c but if you can use a like a 20% L-ascorbic or a 15%. Again, always work your way up. Uh, I think you can really benefit. And if you are, you know, going to be out in the sun or living in, in a city with a lot of pollution or mm-hmm. considering a more intensive treatment like a derma roll, I think, yeah, it's really important to be using vitamin C because it's going to support that collagen synthesis. Yes, I agree completely. Beautiful. <laughs> All right, guys, the last question we're going to answer, and we're going to save because we have so many questions and we love that you guys submit these. We're going to save these for a part two. But the last question is, what is your approach to enzymes versus AHA slash BHAs? Okay, I think this is a great question. And I think it's worth bringing up because I think I feel like people fall into either category. They don't really exfoliate ever or they exfoliate too much. Mm -hmm. So I think all of them can have beautiful use cases. I think an enzyme can really benefit pretty much everyone. And it's a great option for, you know, a weekly type of exfoliation because it's going to eat away those dead skin cells, kind of digest them like a little Pac-Man. And then your AHAs, BJs, I think those really play a crucial role in anti-aging and acne. And they really work to kind of dislodge that cellular glue that's preventing the oil from getting out. So especially for acneic people, I think the BHAs can be really helpful um, in terms of getting that oil out. Yeah, exactly. I think that's perfectly said. Um, I would just say I personally, I mean, it's just all really dependent on on the person's skin, their concern, what their goal is. Um, I love enzymes, like Tess said, for 
for weekly use um, or even a few times a week, just depending on your skin type. I, I just, they're also so like fun to use because they smell like pumpkin and papaya mm, and fruits. Papaya. Yeah. Um, so love enzymes for, for more regular use, AHAs and BHAs. They do get a little trickier because I think that you're more likely to um, see a reaction in somebody, um, either a stronger reaction or a negative reaction. Not that that happens all the time or super frequently, but it's just one that I think you want to um, keep an eye on more so while you're in the treatment room. And then also if you send them home with one, um, but yeah, I love them. I love them all. I think there's a place for all of them. Um, for the most part. Totally. Totally. Perfect. Cool. Well, I think that's a great place to, to wrap this up again. Thank you guys so much for submitting your questions, engaging with us, supporting us. It means so much. We have been kind of branching out lately. We've been having on different types of guests, fitness guests, mm-hmm. skincare experts, a lot of guests because we just, we love to learn and we right. think that's a really beneficial way for you guys to learn too. But yeah, we just wanted to throw in a few eps with good old us <laughs> in case you guys missed us. We hope let you us did. know what you think. If you guys like the guests, if you like just hearing from us, if you like the mix of the two, which is our hope, but yeah. just let us know your thoughts. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks everybody for listening and we will talk to you in the next one. Mm-hmm.